So definitely, again, when thinking of women's health and obviously the symptoms you're experiencing throughout the course of the month, we're really wanting to tune into our progesterone and then estrogen. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. All right, folks, buckle up. We are talking about periods today. And can I just say, I think this episode feels like a long time coming because gosh, I mean, it was before I got pregnant with Ivy, when I started seeing posts from Jenna and some other health professionals, um, holistic health professionals talking about period health and how uh, our cycle can really impact so many other things and therefore often impacts our business. Um, I think that so often as young girls, we are not told about the the way that cycle tracking can really impact your health and your well-being and just your understanding of your body. So often I think we're kind of taught that periods are like this thing that we should dread and it's normal to have all these cramps and it's normal to feel like crap. And while some of those symptoms are common, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're normal. Uh, I over the past, you know, probably two years or so have really come to understand my cycle better. And I cannot tell you the impact that it has had on my business and on my life, just understanding the times of the month where I am, you know, excited to be up on stage in front of a group of people and the times of the month where I don't want to leave my house and I just want to watch Netflix all day or the times that I can get really focused work done, but I don't really want to talk to anyone else. Like, those times of the month, if you notice that you have those two, but you're beating yourself up because you can't be on all the time, that's actually really, really normal. And because we live in a society that doesn't tap into that feminine cycle as much, we're taught that it's problematic, but really it doesn't have to be. If we understand our cycles a little bit better, it can be such a benefit in our lives and our business. So I am thrilled today to have my friend Jenna on the podcast. And um, like I said, I've been following her on social media for a few years and she's always sharing just the best posts and such actionable information. And she's opened my eyes to the world of period health and women's health. And I'm thrilled to have her on today. Jenna, I'm so excited you're here today to chat. Yes, this is going to be so fun. I've been really anxious to have you on the podcast for a while. I love following you on social media. Everything you share is just so insightful. And I remember shortly after, at least I saw for the first time, you shared something about menstrual health, your menstrual cycle. I was like, oh my gosh, we need to talk more about this. Yes. It's so interesting to me. And it's, it's become really interesting to me over the course of, especially the last couple of years how much of an impact where you're at in your cycle plays in your business and your life and your mood. And ever since I started looking at things through that lens, I feel like things have like totally changed in my business. Yeah, definitely. I think as women, it's just important to know obviously what's going on in our bodies, but yeah, how we can actually use that insight and knowledge to say work smarter versus harder granting ourselves grace throughout, I guess, the course of the month and kind of just with what's going on 
it's kind of cool too, because it's almost like as you're going throughout the course of the month, you might be noticing different changes, but it's almost like in a weird way, you're embracing your own personality that way as you change throughout the course of the month. And then I also think it's kind of fun because ultimately, I think in just life, we get to view wellness as an asset for ourselves, um, but also in work as well. It's kind of just an asset because obviously, if we're feeling better, we're feeling well, we're working better, we're just living life to its fullest. So yeah. Absolutely. Well, backing up for just a second, I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how you've come to be so passionate about wellness. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jenna and I am a women's health dietitian. I basically help women tune into their bodies, better understand their bodies, women's physiology, overall to address the root causes of mainly their hormonal issues. So I use strategic integrative and functional nutrition supplementation along with just, I like to consider feminine empowerment an important part to help support women and their overall healing. So like I said, I'm just big about women understanding their physiology and using that knowledge to their advantage. So it might seem overwhelming at times, but truly like it's just our body communicating to us about what's going on. And we just need to tune into that and then ultimately not ignore the symptoms we're or signs and symptoms were being given, but just embrace them. So yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure that when I um, first heard about like cycle tracking and how it can really impact your life, I was in this, I don't know, funk, I guess, of being really frustrated that there would be times of the month where I had so much energy and like I was ready to create content and speak and do all these like very outward facing things certain times of the month. And then other times of the month, I just like, I wanted to do nothing. I wanted to curl up in a ball on my couch, not leave my house, not talk to anyone, not shower. <laughs> like, and it seemed until I started paying attention, it seemed so random. And I would be frustrated if there were days where like I needed to leave my house, I needed to be more on. And I just couldn't get there or it was like pulling teeth. But then there would be other days where like, it was great. I was wanting to be out there and doing all the things. And then when I heard about um, cycle tracking and just paying more attention to your menstrual cycle, it was like the sky opened up. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been missing. Like, it's so fascinating. And now when I have clients who are in a similar boat where, you know, they, they have times where they just don't feel like they're as creative or they're getting as much work done. It makes me happy that I'm able to kind of open their eyes to this a little bit, the small amount that I know and say like, it's actually really okay to lean into these times that you're not feeling it because it's going to come back. Yeah, definitely. Or just, I always like to bring up this point, the fact that like, we are not men, men have basically a 24 hour hormonal cycle and the main hormone that's cycling is their testosterone. Whereas with women, we have our, well, you'll say average 28 day cycle, obviously it varies per person. Um, but yeah, our hormones are not looking the same day in and day out. So we can't, how can we expect then ourselves to show up the same day in and day out? So yeah, it's so fun once that clicks for women, because again, it's just like, Hey, this is actually kind of cool. And I can use this to my advantage versus it being this like negative thing that we kind of have to work around. So yeah. 
Totally. So before we dive into the different parts of the cycle and like what that means, I would love for you to chat for just a second about what you just said, like the difference between men's hormones and women's hormones and how our days then are so different or months or whatever. Yeah. So let's take, for example, men, basically what's happening throughout their course of the day is their testosterone changing. So in the morning, it kind of rises, gets them going, and then will gradually decrease throughout the day. Um, Obviously they have a little bit of estrogen and progesterone, but like, again, that's not their dominant hormone. Whereas with women, um, let's take, for example, our follicular phase, Um, we have changing levels of estrogen. So estrogen is the dominant hormone during that time of the month. So we're playing more off of the benefits that estrogen provides women. And then, um, and obviously we'll dive into this a little bit more, um, but just knowing, yeah, like our estrogen and progesterone levels are not the same day in and day out. So again, why are we expecting ourselves to kind of perform the same, if that makes sense? And I also should share if anyone's truly interested in this, or you haven't checked out like a graph of your hormones throughout the course of the month, that would probably be a great reference point um, just to check out during this podcast episode. So you kind of know what we're chatting about, but yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Do you have a, a graph that we could put in the show notes? Yeah, actually, I could probably just link, link one for you guys. Yeah, Yeah. let's do that. We'll put that in the show notes because I think that would be super interesting. Awesome. Okay, so what what the people have been waiting for, (laughs) I would love for you to just kind of walk us through the different phases of the menstrual cycle and what that means as far as like the feelings that we're feeling, the hormone levels, all of those things. I'll start out with reiterating, I guess, the importance of the menstrual cycle. So many hormone experts kind of consider it the fifth vital sign. So why, again, do we want to tune into this information throughout the course of the month beyond like our mood and different symptoms we're experiencing? It gives us key insight into our overall fertility, of course, the different sex hormone levels. Um, It can give a key insight into our thyroid functioning, liver health, so much more. So again, instead of being taught to fear or downplay what we're kind of learning throughout the course of the month, um, it's just truly our innate insight as women into the status of our overall health and well-being. So again, let's kind of just embrace it. So we'll start out diving into the different phases of the menstrual cycle. Now, I like to think about, some people consider that there's like four phases, um, I like to consider it as two phases with two distinct events. So our phases will be our follicular and luteal phase, and then the two distinct events that are taking place just because they don't really span a huge amount of time. Yeah, so I like to think, I guess, more about them as events. So menstruation we have, and then ovulation. So to start out the phases, we have menstruation. Now that begins, of course, our first day of bleeding up until our last day of bleeding. And when we're talking about bleeding, it's truly like that full day of having your period. It does not involve like the spotting sometimes leading up until it. So what's happening at this time is we're having a drop in our sex hormones in order to shed our uterine lining. And why it's happening is because implantation did not occur our previous cycle. So Um, I guess reproduction overall didn't occur. So we're looking to recycle so we can re-ovulate because ultimately 
we're sometimes led to believe that menstruation is the main event of our menstrual cycle, obviously with the name, but it's actually ovulation. So as women, we're looking to ovulate and um, therefore that's how we reproduce. So diving into menstruation a little bit more, what can you actually expect to be going on or what's kind of considered normal? And again, we'll kind of loosely use the term normal or healthy because obviously it varies per person, but you can expect menstruation to last three to seven days, typically averaging five days. Your normal blood loss will be about 25 to 80 milliliters. So putting that into context, five milliliters equals one teaspoon. So ultimately we're looking about one and a half to five tablespoons of blood being lost. So if you're under that, we'll kind of want to further investigate what's going on. Or if you're bleeding a little bit more, again, just tuning into that. Um, you'll notice a decrease in energy. Um, period poops become a little bit more common or just becomes easier to go as we have prostaglandins in the body. And they're mainly working in the uterus at that time to shed your uterine lining, but they can overplay into your GI issues. So I think that that is such an interesting <laughs> thing that like one of those things that you, I feel like it doesn't get talked about. And then when someone mm -hmm. else mentions it, you're like, wait, that's not just me. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. It's like normal, obviously to a certain extent of like not anything crazy happening GI wise, but yeah, if you're just finding yourself going to the bathroom more, that is a okay. <laughs> um, and then ultimately um, we should be seeing little to no cramping, pain, clotting, spotting. If so, again, we want to look into our hormone levels. So with our estrogen, we'll want to be checking out if it's higher than normal. And then progesterone, obviously we want to ensure when you ovulated the previous cycle, progesterone was present. And if not, just further investigate it again and kind of dive into why that's happening. Now diving into the good part of where we want to, hey, menstruation's happening. How does that look though? in your business, in your life. Um, really menstruation is a great time for some self-reflection and self-care and overall rest as you're having those lower hormone levels, lower energy levels. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Again, if you're experiencing some symptoms too, just grant yourself grace. That is a big theme that I'll probably share a lot about in this episode. But um, with also having those lower energy levels or maybe even lower mood for a little bit is just remembering the importance of asking for help in business, in your personal life. So reach out to your partner, family, friends, coworkers. That is so okay. And then a little fun fact about menstruation. It's actually when both hemispheres of the brain communicate the most. So you might find yourself embracing being both analytical and creative, and that's great. So that's kind of menstruation. That's Recession. interesting about the hemispheres of the brain. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just fun to know that because when we'll further talk about, I guess, the different phases, just like your initial reaction to tasks you have to do or things you have to do, just knowing like how you should kind of be approaching it. Yeah. And I will say like, this isn't a change that happens overnight, but now that I am more aware of my cycle and tracking it more too, because that's something I never used to do. I, at this point, pretty much block those days on my calendar, or at least the days where I know I'm really not going to be feeling my best. Yeah. Like 
based on the past couple of months or whatever. Like I know, you know, days two and three or days one and two, like I don't want to take clients on those days. I don't want to have to leave my house. And I'm very fortunate that that's a change I can make to my schedule, although it didn't happen immediately. But now that I'm able to do that, I don't look at like getting my period with the sense of dread that I used to. It's more like, it's kind of an excuse to like recharge and rest and take a nap and have a really good lunch and like change my workout routine. And now that I'm treating it with a different, um, it's like through a different lens, it's changed it for me. No, definitely. And just, yeah, understanding too, like the world is so go, 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 but knowing like, Hey, it's actually good and probably more productive if you do slow down not even related to different phases of your cycle, but based on your mood or just anything. But yeah, I love that. Definitely. Okay. So we've got menstruation. What comes next? So, well, actually while menstruation was occurring, you're technically in your follicular phase, which is the start of menstruation or your cycle day one up until when you ovulate. So what's happening during this time is estrogen is rising after menstruation And then you have your pituitary or brain hormones that signal to the ovaries to start maturing the follicle, obviously, and prepping for ovulation. So why is this happening? Estrogen builds up your uterine lining as it's been shed during your period to prepare for ovulation again. And just so everyone knows, kind of should have brought up earlier, just talking about hormonal birth control, obviously, because if you're not, if you're on hormonal birth control, or specifically combination forms of hormonal birth control, you're not necessarily going through these phases. So if you're on a form of birth control and just not resonating with what we're sharing today, just know that that definitely plays a role in it. But as I shared, when this pituitary hormones um, signal to the ovaries to mature a follicle, this is the signaling that hormonal birth control or combination forms are looking to shut down. So just so everyone's kind of aware of that, probably should have gave like a disclosure, just so you know, like, hey, if you're not resonating what (laughs) we're sharing, that is perfectly okay. Now you kind of know why. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so what can you expect during this phase of your cycle? So it lasts, can last 10 to 23 days. Typically it averages 14 to 15 days. Now, as you can see, that kind of spans a good chunk of time. Like say your follicular phase was just those 10 days, or it could be 23 days. So it's the most variable phase of the menstrual cycle. As estrogen is rising, your energy levels begin to rise as well. You might notice the desire to socialize increases. You may notice a decrease in appetite leading up to ovulation. And this is just because estrogen can kind of work as an appetite suppressant. And then as estrogen rises, your mood changes may result if you're not properly metabolizing an extreme creating estrogen well. And this, I would say it holds true throughout the entire course of the month. So when we think of metabolizing estrogen, we're thinking of liver health. And then when we're thinking of excreting estrogen, we're thinking of our gut health. So just ensuring that both of those areas of our health are supported truly throughout the course of our entire month. Now diving into what to kind of look forward to or expect in terms of the follicular phase, and your business. So this is a great time to be big picture thinking. I like to think of the follicular phase as you don't as easily get overwhelmed by things as compared to your luteal phase. 
if that at all resonates or makes sense with you. Um, so it's a great time to be futuristic thinking, um, set some goals and kind of just start getting after them as you're a little more likely to be action oriented as well with an increase of energy, more likely to be social. So it's a great time for business launches, business pitches with you being more confident, raising your prices or to book client sessions. And when you think of social media, great time to be present on your Instagram stories or start filming some reels or even thinking about it, record a podcast episode and so forth. So yeah. It's really funny. Like if people wanted to know, I don't know why this information would be interesting to anyone else, but if people were curious, like the schedule of my cycle, it is basically when I am on Instagram versus when I am not on Instagram (laughs) to a T. I mean, pretty much when I'm in that menstrual phase, I'm just checked out. Like I'm not, and I've just given myself that permission. And then as that energy starts to come back, that's when you notice more of me. But truly, there's like three to five days a month where I am just not there. And I've, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, that's great. So now we kind of wrapped up, I guess, our follicular phase. So that means we've reached ovulation. So again, if you want to click on the link to check out the actual hormone graph of what we're going to, you can maybe like better reference of what phase we just went through and kind of where we're at now with ovulation. Yes, we will stick that in the show notes for sure. So ovulation is a one-time event that occurs once per cycle. What's happening is your body is releasing an egg from a follicle in just one of your ovaries. And of course, why is this essential for reproduction? And it's actually how the body produces progesterone. And when we think of progesterone, like this is so important, I feel like for women to know Again, that ovulation is actually the main event of your menstrual cycle. And it's so essential for women to be producing progesterone. Like we want to ensure you're ovulating because progesterone has so many benefits beyond obviously just reproduction. So we have, it can counteract the effects of estrogen on the body. It's very calming on the body. So think anti-stress, anti-anxiety. If you didn't ovulate and you didn't produce progesterone, you just might be feeling a little more anxious, stressed once you reach your luteal phase. That's okay. But again, just so good to know. And also progesterone promotes metabolism as it warms up the body. So those are some of the benefits of progesterone beyond reproduction again. So with ovulation, what can you kind of expect? So it varies per person, as I shared before, typically it averages on cycle day 15 or 16. You'll notice an increase in energy. You might have a higher sex drive at this time due to testosterone being present. And then in terms of like physical signs that we're more likely to be tuned into with ovulation, you might be noticing a present of fertile mucus, fertile cervical mucus around this time. And sometimes I like to think of ovulation, not just as like the one-time event, but the maybe one or two days leading up until it especially in terms of your business, I guess, and like mood, energy, and so forth. So speaking of that, what can we kind of expect in your work life, business, life in general? This is a time of the month where you're really, I guess, feeling yourself, I want to say, very much being a social butterfly, you might notice. You're very magnetic. This is the time of the month where you're the most creative, have the most energy. 
in work too, you might just find yourself flowing or tasks come easily to like ideas come easily. And then you actually follow through on the actions with them. It's a great time to network um, again for business pitches going on. Um, when I was first starting to learn about the menstrual cycle, I actually tuned into another podcast episode and the woman chatting there was just saying how cool it would be if we worked with the strengths of each like sex, so male, female. And during this time of the month when women were ovulating in their business, if you think like more corporate business, I guess, that women did the business pitches as compared to men just because of all these cool I guess, characteristics we have going on during this time of the month. So, and lastly, yeah, lastly, I just want to emphasize, enjoy some like pleasure at this time for the fact that if you're having that higher sex drive, it's a mood booster, it's anti-stress, get your creative juices going and also has benefits on the immune system. So just overall taking advantage of that time of the month. I think it's when you said, said, um, you said something about like being magnetic. And I think that that's when I think of ovulation, like that's totally the energy around it. There's like a magnetism to your mood and how you're feeling and how you're attracting things. And ovulation, I think is a really exciting time, um, certainly within your own body, but like, if you're able to apply that to business and just like the way you feel about how things are going in your business. Definitely. Or even I don't even know if this was necessarily a study or whatever, but you might even find yourself like dressing more fun or to like embrace whatever like mood you're kind of feeling. So yeah, just really, I think everyone should be like, look, you obviously you're looking forward to when you're ovulating because you're just feeling so great. But similar to like during your menstrual phase, when you're wanting to just wear like joggers or yoga pants and like not leave the house, the same can kind of be true in ovulation. Like that's a good time for your skinny jeans and your cute outfit and your little black dress. (laughs) Yeah. Put on your dress, put on your heels, your lipstick, like go for it. (laughs) So now I was speaking of ovulation, obviously how important it is. And, you know, it's not as necessarily as easy as our period to confirm that it happened because we're not bleeding and so forth. So how do you know when or if you're actually ovulating? So I like to use the fertility awareness method. It's basically a method to better understand that ovulation is approaching and then you ultimately confirm that it happened. So leading up to slash during um, ovulation, you'll notice a presence of stretchy lubricated egg white cervical mucus, but it's important to know that all cervical mucus is technically considered fertile, 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 but obviously you have your most fertile (laughs) cervical mucus. Um, So that is a key sign to tune into on whether or not ovulation is occurring or did occur. Leading up to during, you will notice an elevated, more open, softer cervix. So this, of course, just makes it easier for reproduction. And again, it's not necessarily like every woman is tuning into this, but this is um, a sign you can kind of pay attention to. And then lastly, what I think most women are most accustomed to knowing about whether or not ovulation has occurred, um, following ovulation, you will see a rise in your basal body temperature. As again, I shared progesterone is pro-metabolic or increases your body temperature. So after you ovulated, your body starts producing progesterone and then that increases your body temperature. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, if you're tracking, these are 
those key symptoms to tune into, track on your app or track on a pen or paper. So yeah. This is something that I've always wondered, and I guess I've just never asked or looked up. When you're talking about your body temperature after ovulation, is that something that you can just find out with like a normal thermometer that you would use to like take your kid's temperature? Yeah. So I know there are specific like basal body temperatures. Obviously there's certain brands, but like in the morning and when I speak of basal body temperature, it's your body temperature at rest, like Mm -hmm. after an extended period of time. So what ideally if you're tracking should do is in the morning, like immediately upon waking, just get that. I like to think about it as what your mom used when you were a kid and possibly sick, just stick it under your tongue and then record your temperature from there. And when we're looking at a rise in temperature, it's maybe like a degree or so. It's not like anything alarming, but yeah, you'll notice that and it'll stay steady basically up until when your period's going to come again. So interesting. Yeah. So maybe we can attach kind of another picture of this, of a different chart per se of what's going on or what that temperature rise actually looks like. Definitely. We can put that in the show notes too. Yeah. So now, or after ovulation has occurred, we've reached our final phase of the menstrual cycle, which is the luteal phase. So after, again, that begins after ovulation and it goes up until the start of when you menstruate again. Um, What's happening at this time is progesterone rises after ovulation, and then estrogen also has a smaller peak. And why this is happening, progesterone prepares the uterine lining for potential implantation and pregnancy. So what can you expect during your luteal phase? So this lasts 12 to 14 days following ovulation. So again, that follicular phase was very variable, whereas our luteal phase is pretty within a more narrow range of these 12 to 14 days. So as your progesterone rises, so will your basal body temperature, as I shared before, because of this, you may notice an increase in appetite. And again, I think with estrogen kind of suppressing appetite and then progesterone increasing appetite, you know, just honoring your hunger throughout the entire course of the month and obviously nourishing yourself is so important. PMS symptoms can be related to high estrogen relative to progesterone. So again, this could be the situation where if you didn't ovulate, your body's not producing progesterone. So even if you have healthy levels of estrogen, you're kind of considered estrogen dominant at this time. Or if you do ovulate and have healthy levels of progesterone, but if you have ultimately higher levels of estrogen, again, you just may be noticing symptoms because of this during this time. Um, And then lastly, premenstrual symptoms, those couple of days leading up until your period may be due to a drop in just your sex hormones as your period's approaching. So again, great time to look at the graph in regards to what I'm kind of talking about here. So now in terms of your business, the luteal phase, you may notice a decrease in energy, being more reserved as progesterone promotes GABA, which is a neurotransmitter that is ultimately calming on the body. So again, it's not necessarily a bad thing if you find yourself just being a little bit more calmed or wanting to be a little bit more introverted during this time, that's completely okay. So it's a great time to just to be detail-orientated, focusing on your day-to-day, maintain boundaries, work-life balance kind of here is so important. 
keeping a simple schedule and just knowing what to expect every day. You're not really a big fan of like surprises at this time. They might be easily overwhelming. (laughs) And then lastly, a key recommendation maybe is just to be organized again, or maybe take some time to organize some things, being you're being a little bit more detail orientated. So now is maybe not the best time to think about launching or um, your goals for the future as you just aren't really in that headspace, I would say. So that kind of sums up our luteal phase there. I think it's so important to, so obviously these are the different phases that we can mostly expect. Um, But what I have found to be really interesting with tracking my own cycle is that there are some things that I experience that are maybe not quote unquote normal, but for me, it's normal. Like for me, it's something that happens every month. And the biggest thing that's been so interesting to realize over, especially the last couple of months is that right before I get my period, I get this like major spike of energy and it, I, I'm very joyful, excited, optimistic. I have a lot of energy. I get a lot of stuff done. And then usually the next day, if I'm going to have any of those PMS symptoms, that's kind of what happens. So I'm, you know, want to stay in bed, be very gentle with myself. It's been so interesting to realize that because it's kind of like my body giving me like one last time to get things done before I go into a little bit of hibernation. And it's, it's really cool. I mean, like bodies are just really incredible. Yeah. Or just knowing to, yeah, not necessarily that you'll always align with specifically what we shared, but yeah, if that's recurring for you and then you get to tune into that and just like take advantage of it. I love that. Definitely. Yeah. It's very cool. So I have a couple of questions. One of the things that you mentioned is um, if you notice like you're experiencing things that are really off the wall from some of the things that we talked about or something just doesn't feel right. You talked about really investigating that and getting curious. How can we do that? Are there people that we should turn to to help us? Are there questions that we need to be asking? Like, what does that look like to investigate our wellness in this respect? Yeah, so definitely, again, when thinking of women's health and obviously the symptoms you're experiencing throughout the course of the month, we're really wanting to tune into our progesterone and then estrogen. So I want to say the most common, like when you speak of hormonal imbalance, you'll see is estrogen being higher, or if you've ever heard of estrogen dominance, and then low progesterone. So of course, um, I want to say the low progesterone occurs more with being more stressed or undernourishing your body and so forth, which is, you know, sometimes in the world we live in today can be very easy to do or common. And then more so when we're thinking of estrogen dominance, I like to think of like endocrine disruptors we're exposing ourselves to again, stress and so forth. Like, as I mentioned too, like your liver's health to properly metabolize it and then gut health in terms of properly excreting it. But yeah, so I think it's so important if you are noticing off the wall symptoms, just to start tracking, um, see if this is occurring every single month and then kind of going from there. Of course, you can reach out to your doctor. Um, obviously I'm a dietitian. Nutrition plays a huge role in all of this. So reaching out to possibly a dietitian specializing in women's health and so forth. But yeah, 
symptoms are huge. Obviously, we want to tune into the symptoms. And then also you can test your hormones, of course. If you're doing it conventionally in your doctor's office, you want to ensure you're testing during the proper time of your month, just because if you're doing a blood draw, say in your follicular phase, and they're using those lab values, that is not the proper time to compare to your reference range, which is in your luteal phase. And me in my practice, I use Dutch hormone testing, which is a dried urinary sample. And yeah, so that's pretty cool though. It goes kind of above and beyond just the standard blood draw because you can look into the actual metabolites of your hormones. So estrogen is a big one. Again, talked about how it needs to be metabolized in order to properly be used in the body. So um, you can kind of dive into each marker there and so forth. Another key insight you can kind of maybe dive into beyond your sex hormones is your stress levels and your cortisol levels. So again, with that chest, you can look into that. And again, tuning into your symptoms throughout the course of the day. So that is huge for your stress levels. So yeah, I hope that answered everything you were kind of looking for. Absolutely. So you talked about how tracking can be really insightful. What are some other ways that we can support ourselves throughout our cycle? Yeah. So just supporting your overall hormone health throughout the entire course of the month doesn't need to necessarily look different depending on each phase in terms of foundational support. So I like to tell people or remind people to ensure that they're properly nourishing their body. So this is eating a protein plus fat plus carb at every meal. This is eating a meal or snack every three to four hours. So this is just supporting our body as we're not having any blood sugar going on a blood sugar roller coaster or a cortisol roller coaster. This is just ensuring our body knows what, um, I guess, to look forward to in terms of eating and not stressing about that. It's important to see the sun throughout the course of the day. So light has such an important, I guess, or is so important for our just like cortisol levels, or you think of your circadian rhythm. So that is so important to see the sun. If you can go out immediately upon waking, obviously that gets a little bit harder. We're approaching winter here, but um, doing that, if you can get outside around noon, three, and then when the sun is setting, that is such great support for you, especially if we're on screens all day. Then I also like to recommend mindful and or lymph movement. So just moving your body in a very supportive way. And then I add the lymph piece in because if we're sitting, we're just a little bit more stagnant and it's, I guess, better sport just to be moving your body. So if you want to like dry brush, infrared sauna is fun. I have a trampoline by my desk that I like get up and just to do some movement throughout the course of the day. Um, That is super important. So the trampoline was something that I had never heard about. And my assistant is very big on, uh, what did you say? Lymphatic? Yeah. Like your lymph system or lymphatic drainage. Yes. And so Kenzie was, she shared on social media before that she has a little trampoline that she uses for, it's called rebounding. And she just Mm -hmm. like bounces on it. I'm like, okay, that's the funnest thing ever. I want one. Right. It's like, it's a fun way to move your body. Plus you're like getting additional benefits. So why not? (laughs) I love it. Um, Another thing that's really key um, foundational support is getting enough rested sleep. 
So this might look different for everyone on how much sleep you actually need, but aiming for those eight hours a night and actually kind of almost setting up a bedtime routine where you're getting away from screens, you're not, I guess, tuning into stressors around that time so you can get some good sleep. Next up, we have hydration. So everyone knows the importance of hydration, and this is coming um, with the recommendation of having some electrolytes as well, because obviously that's how your body's um, hydrated on that cellular level. And lastly, I just recommend throughout the entire course of the month, prioritizing your stress resilience. So kind of everything I shared above works towards this goal, but yeah, just knowing it's not fun to be stressed or necessarily you can't get rid of all the stressors in today's world. So increasing your resilience to that stress and how you actually handle your stressors. So yeah, that's kind of, I guess, all the ways of support I would share. Thank you for that. Okay. So now I want to know how people can work with you or how you typically work with clients. Yeah. So in my private practice, it's virtual and I have three different ways in which we can work together all of right now or which one-on-one. So you can work with me mainly. I have my three month and six month program. And then you can also work just with individual a la carte consults. Awesome. And um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, where people can find you, website, social media, all that good stuff? Yeah. So on all platforms of social media, I am Nutritiously Jenna. And then you can also find me on my website, nutritiouslyjenna.com. That's kind of where I'll dive more into all the details of what it actually looks like working one-on-one. If you're interested, please don't hesitate to reach out if anyone has any questions. I just truly love chatting with women and I guess getting them the support they need because I'm huge on the fact that we need just more nourish and energize women tackling their goals in life. And um, it's no fun to be depleted or stressed. So, you know, great time just to work on yourself for yourself. So yeah. Definitely. Well, and you guys have to give Jenna a follow on Instagram. Like I said, that was how I first got introduced to her and the things that she shares are so insightful and fun and funny. Like I, every time you post, it's so relatable. So I love everything you're doing and thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.